بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا الحمد لله السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته I hope everybody's well may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve all of you in this time of tribulation these days of plague may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah restore health and well-being to uh, our globe to our community to humanity at large. Our Prophet ﷺ, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described him, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ We only sent you as a mercy to all the world. So our Prophet ﷺ was a mercy to all of the different kingdoms, to the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, and certainly the mineral kingdom. Even the rocks uh, rejoiced. The mountains of Paran rejoiced with his coming. So alhamdulillah, I want to first of all, uh, we had a wonderful uh, event on the 12th of Rabi' al-Awwal. We actually had 12,000 uh, people online according to our numbers, which was pretty remarkable given that we were hoping to promote the 12,000 campaign. But I would like to really, really thank the over 300 people that joined us in that campaign. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you, increase you, elevate you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah multiply all of your gifts and charities uh, Manifold in this world and in the next, inshallah. The Prophet ﷺ said that charity does not diminish uh, wealth. So when you when you give out, it doesn't diminish wealth. So thank all of you. And as you know, we're living in times of inflation. Uh, our our wealth just diminishes by holding on to it. Um, the inflation now is estimated to be over five percent, but it's probably higher than many things that we we can see out there. And for those of you who know about the economics, the consumer price index is uh, is one thing, but what they call the producer's price index is another, and it's it's uh, it's very very high in many many areas. So it's a good time to give charity while the money's um, has more value than it will have next week or the week after. So may Allah bless all of you. We're going to re-air uh, this program. I don't think I could do it again. Uh, there was a lot of. Uh, blessing that night. We all felt it in the room. Uh, so I would not try to replicate what, uh, what we all experienced. Um, I, I really felt just, um, uh, I, I actually had some insights during the actual uh, broadcast. So I saw some things that I hadn't seen before. Uh, and you might notice it in, my, in a kind of flash in my eyes uh, at certain uh, points. But I, there's a few things that I would like to say, and I'm deliberating about making this available. Part of the problem that I have is that uh, I give talks that are talks that each part is a part of a whole. And there's a lot of people that take talks and, and segment them and then um, put, put titles that I would never use. Uh, some of it's clickbait, what they call clickbait, but uh, some of it just doesn't apply to the talk at all. And unfortunately, some people are doing that, I think, with good intentions. Other people are monetizing, and this is part of the, uh, the time we're living in with the, uh, the internet as it is. But I would really appreciate that people uh, not uh, record this, that they uh, not segment it and put clips up on the, uh, the internet. It's, it's a long talk. There are a lot of slides in it. Um, it's it's an argument, and I believe it's uh, clear and convinc convincing evidence, and there is a segment on evidence and the nature of evidence, but I, I really do feel like 
um, people that are open-minded and fair-minded do this. And I, I just want again to reiterate that all of these world religions are uh, great gifts to humanity. They give our, uh, our, our species great solace, but they also are double-edged swords. Uh, they often, unfortunately, are misused, abused, and end up creating a lot of suffering. And so the best of religion is, is something that uh, should be honored in every religion. And the worst, irrespective of the people practicing it, it should be uh, condemned for what it is, just bad and abusive uh, religion. And I'll, and I'll just conclude by, I was once on a panel with Jonathan uh, Haidt, who is a very highly regarded um, psychiatrist, uh, psychologist, and he wrote a book called The, R the Righteous Mind uh, about just the nature of um, the way our intellects work. And um, he has a, a, quite a bit on religion in the book, but one of the things he talked about while living in India was seeing the, you know, how he could really see the, the best aspects of religion and the worst aspects of religion. And Afterwards, I, I had a private conversation with him, and um, I just mentioned to him that every religious tradition has an ideal. And what is really, I think, quite stunning about all of these religious traditions is that their ideal is a human being that really has a type of universal compassion. So you have the, in Hinduism, you have this sunyasi. Uh, in Judaism, you have the Zadik. In, uh, in Buddhism, you have the Bodhisattva. In uh, Christianity, you have the saint. And in Islam, you have the Salih or the Wali. And, and, and the hallmark of, of all of these uh, individuals from these different religions is that they have a, a, a compassion for humanity. And so whenever religion, when, whenever compassion is absent from a religion, I don't believe it's from God. And that's why I think we should all be as Muslims really rejoice in the fact that our book begins, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of God, the most merciful, the most compassionate, and that He sent as His final messenger to our species the mercy to all the worlds. So I hope you benefit from this, and I hope you support the 12,000K. May Allah reward all of you. Assalamu alaikum. Warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina wa Habibina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathiran. Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allahumma iftahalina fatuhu al-arifin wa wafiqna tawfiq al-salihin. اللهم افتح لنا يا رحم الراحمين وبارك في سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد يا رب العالمين الحمد لله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته I hope everyone is well in these trying times on many many fronts الحمد لله but today is a day of celebration we can't ever forget that while the world is filled with suffering it's also filled with the overcoming of suffering and so it's really important for us to celebrate despite the fact that there are so many people uh, in tribulation and trials. But there are things to celebrate in this world. And certainly for us as Muslims, the thing that we should celebrate 
more than any other is guidance. And that guidance comes from one source, which is our Lord. But our Lord chose to use as a means for that guidance, his beloved prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we're here to celebrate this prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so I'd like to talk inshallah about the praise one in world scriptures. I think a lot of Muslims uh, are unaware that one of the unique aspects of our Prophet ﷺ is that he was actually mentioned according to the Quran in the previous dispensations. We also are unique, I think, amongst the world religions in that we acknowledge all the previous Prophets, the ones we know and the ones we don't know. So this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given this ummah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded his prophet to say, So this is an extraordinary verse saying that the Prophet is commanded to say, I believe in Allah who and what he has revealed to us and what he revealed to Abraham and to Ismail, Ishmael and to Isaac and to Jacob and to the children of Israel and, and what was given to Moses and what was given to Jesus and the prophets from their Lord. So he mentions all those prophets, but then he says that we're told to believe also in these Nabi'un, these other prophets. And, uh, and then not to differentiate between them, even though there are degrees amongst them, all of them are from the same source. And so they're honored in the same way. So for instance, you have your father and your uncle. Your father is obviously privileged over your uncle, but you still honor your uncle. You don't separate between them in that sense of honor towards them. So these are all prophets from God. And so this is where we're going to, inshallah, uh, begin and look at. So I want to talk about uh, the fact that this aspect of the Prophet is extraordinary. We only sent you, we sent you only as a mercy to all the worlds. So this is in Surah Al-Anbiya. It's in the chapter of the Prophets. And this is what is uh, unique about our Prophet He said, I was given five things uh, that no one was given before me. Every Prophet before me was sent to his people specifically. And I was sent to, he says, to every white or red and black person. So some say, Imam Nawawi said the blacks are the Arabs. And the and the uh, the red are the non-Arabs, and some say it's it's the other way around. But the important thing is, it's I was sent to all peoples, the Arabs and the non-Arabs. And then he said, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that the whole earth is a, a a place of worship. So the entire earth is sacred, in that he's been given the earth as a place of worship, and its soil as a source of purification. Now, this is extraordinary, especially in light of the environmental age. And then he said. Uh, that he, he was also given the shafa'a. So this is the intercession which we'll get into later. Now, in another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ مِيثَاقَ النَّبِيِّينَ أَوْ نَبِيِّينَ لَمَا آتَيْتُكُمْ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَحِكْمَةٍ That 
we took a covenant, Allah took a covenant with, the, with all the prophets, this is all the prophets, that you were given a book and wisdom. So there's always the book and then the wisdom with it. And then a messenger comes to you, that he is affirming what went before. So our Prophet affirmed all of the previous dispensations. That you will believe in him. And you will give victory to him. You will help him. And then Allah asks, do you accept this? And do you, are you bound to this? So this is the covenant. And they said, we confirm it. And God said, then bear witness and I am with you among the witnesses. So any who turn backs after that are deviants. So this is in, in the, the Ali Imran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this. And then Ali ibn Abi Talib. So there's difference of opinion about what that covenant is. But Ibn Abbas and Ali ibn Abi Talib said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى مَا بَعْثَ آدَمَ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ وَمَنْ بَعْتُهُمْ مِنَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ عَلَيْهِمَ الصَّلَةُ وَسَلَمْ إِلَّا أَخَذَ عَلَيْهِمْ الْعَهَدِ So no prophet was sent from Adam until all the prophets except a covenant was taken لَإِنْ بُعِثَ مُحَمَّدٌ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَةُ وَسَلَامِ إِلَّا أَخَذَ عَلَيْهِمَ الْعَهَدَ لَإِنْ بُعِثَ مُحَمَّدٌ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ وَهُوَ حَيٌّ لَا يُؤْمِنُنَّ بِهِ وَلَا يَنْصُرُنَّهِ That he has to believe in him. If any prophet reaches the Prophet Muhammad, so this was an ahad, but it was also a covenant that they were told to tell their peoples that there will be a final prophet. So every group was told that there will be a final prophet. There is no prophet that came to this planet that did not tell them about the last prophet. So the prophet is the only prophet who was mentioned in all previous dispensations, both written and oral. This is unique to our prophet. No other, this, this is our belief. And so it's really important because I want to say that this is not a, uh, that we shouldn't in any arrogant sense, we, we should actually be humbled by this. And, and, and in no way should we look at these other traditions with any denigration. And I'll get to that later, but it's really important. So I'm going to, if there, if there are people from other uh, religions watching this, I'm in no way uh, advocating that Muslims uh, see this as some kind of triumphalist, uh, supremacist uh, approach. No, this is in order for us to understand what we have been given as believers, like we believe this. And, and I'll get into this deeper. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So this is what we're told. Do you want a religion other than the religion when everything in the heavens and the earth has submitted to God, willingly or unwillingly? We're all in submission. Like Goethe said, if living and dying in submission is Islam, then we all in Islam live and die. The fact that we, we, the way we breathe, we're, we have to breathe the way we breathe, the way we walk. There are so many things that we are in submission to, and we, we don't think about these things. So, so these are the, the signs that Allah has given. And then Allah tells us, We sent you as a herald, a giver of good news, and a warner. Because every prophet has to give good news, but they also have to warn what happens if you don't follow the good news. And there's no ummah that has not been given a warner, a prophet. Every ummah, 
Every people has been given a prophet. And then those who disbelieved, they said to the prophet, Lesta mursala, you weren't sent. Qul kafa billahi shaheedan baini wa bainakum wa man induhu ilmul kitab. They, they, those who scoff, they say, you are not an envoy, you're not a messenger, you're not sent. God is sufficient witness between me and you and those who have knowledge of the book. So here are the shawahid. These are called testimonies. So Allah is saying in this verse that he testifies. Between, he's, the Prophet is told to say to them, God is my evidence and the previous book. So here's the evidence. So just a quick summary of the types of evidence. So you have what's called a preponderance of evidence. That's like a civil suit. So some of the legal jurists say it is like 51%. So these are in civil cases. And then you have evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. Those are in criminal cases. So for instance, just to give you a quick example, O.J. Simpson uh, was found not guilty in the murder of his wife and the other person that was with her. That was in the criminal case because it was, they, they, his trial lawyers who were very good, they put reasonable doubt into their minds. But in the civil case, O.J. Simpson lost for wrongful death. So the family sued him for wrongful death. So they had the preponderance of evidence in the civil case. So he actually had to pay damages to the family for the, for the murder. So it's basically saying, we think you murdered but there is a little bit of doubt. So uh, that's the example of the difference. But there's a really interesting third type of evidence, which is clear and convincing evidence. And this is the evidence that is often in cases that involve wills and testimonies. So this is a higher standard than preponderance of evidence, but a lower standard than beyond a reasonable doubt. And I am convinced that this is the evidence that God has given people for belief in him and for belief in his messengers and his books. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt because then there would be no meaning to faith. And it's not a preponderance of evidence because it's just too, but it's clear and convincing evidence. It's, it should convince you and that's, what, that's where you get that, that feeling, I believe this and I believe it's true, but you just have to wait till the afterlife. So, worship your Lord until beyond a reasonable doubt comes to you, which is your death. So, now just to look at the world religions, the oldest religion is that we have, and there are ancient uh, religions. Recently, there was this amazing temple discovered in Turkey. So, humans are homo religiosus. We are religious creatures by nature. But the oldest religion that we have is Hinduism. And it's more than 2,500 years old. It is an ancient religion. Judaism is another ancient religion. Then there's Zoroastrianism. Buddhism is, some say it was actually a Hindu reformist movement. So Buddha was, in essence, came out of Hinduism and tried to reform Hinduism. He opposed the caste system and tried to make uh, changes within uh, Hinduism. And then you have Christianity and the last and the youngest of the world's religions, although, Muslims would argue all of these previous dispensations were forms of Islam because the religion with God is submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the difference between these previous religions, so if you look at Hinduism, Hinduism 
it's actually you're born into Hinduism. So you have the Brahman and the Kshatriya and the Vaishya and then you have the Shudra and then you have the Dalit people that are the untouchables. So you're actually born into this. There are converts to Hinduism, but it's really a religion. And this is unfortunately what uh, uh, some uh, fanatical people believe that India, which is Hind, is only for the Hindus. But Muslims are also Hunud, they're from India. So, and then you have Judaism, which is essentially a tribal religion. It's, it's a religion of Bani Israel. And, and even though the Bani Israel was also taught the Noahidic laws, they, they don't proselytize to other people. And in fact, the rabbis traditionally were encouraged to, to discourage people to become a Jew. And then Zoroastrian, Zoroastrianism is the religion uh, that was found uh, in what is now Iran. And then Buddhism arguably becomes a proselytizing religion like the last three religions are more universal proselytizing religions. Um, although it's arguable that Christianity, uh, that Christ himself uh, was only sent to the lost sheep of the tribe of Israel. Uh, if you take the Ebionitic, the Ebionites and the other uh, Jewish um, Christians who believe that you actually have to follow Judaism to be a Christian. So the first religion I want to look at is Hinduism. And the Hindu, Hinduism, I believe, and, and many of our scholars believe this, that Hinduism is a revealed religion. There are no great world religions that could not have come from God. Because it's just not possible that by their fruits ye shall know them. It's not possible to see these incredible civilizations <laughs> without seeing that, that God is behind them. Sorry, sorry, just, I'm just thinking about, these problems in India right now. Kashmir. So these are the, these are the, the revealed books, the Shruti in, in their tradition, the Rig Veda, the Samaveda, the Ajurveda, and the Atharveda. These are the four uh, great revealed books. Al-Biruni, the great Muslim scholar, he was a great Shafi scholar, he was a great historian. He actually learned Sanskrit. He sat with the, the Hindu pandits. Um, he studied them. And then he wrote one of the most extraordinary books on comparative religion. One of the things that he said in that book, which is so stunning, is he said, I shall not produce the arguments of our antagonists in order to refute them of such as I believe to be in the wrong. My book is nothing but a simple historical record of facts. I shall place before the reader the theories of the Hindus exactly as they are, and I shall mention in connection with them similar theories of the Greeks in order to show the relation existing between them. So he actually was saying, I want to be completely objective. But what he see, sees, he, he differentiated between educated Hindus and uneducated Hindus. He said the educated Hindus were clearly monotheists. So this is really important for, uh, I think, Muslims to understand. The Yajurveda says God is imageless and pure. Uh, the Rig Veda, the Brahma Sutra says, Akkam Brahma, there's only one God, la ilaha illallah. Truth is one. 
So is the prophet mentioned in the Vedas? The Veda, the, there's something in Hinduism called the avatar, which is one sent down. Now, currently, most Hindus believe the avatar is really an incarnation of, of Vishnu. But they have a concept of the antim avatar, which is the last one to come, the last one that will be sent. And they come when things are going wrong. So the last messenger is known uh, in, in, actually in the Puranas as, uh, in the Vedas as Narashansa, which is not as human. So it means that he's not a diva, he's not uh, this uh, demigod. But, oh, and then Ashans is praised. So it's the praised human. And then is the prophet mentioned in the Puranas? Many Muslim scholars actually who studied Hinduism thought he was. Um, some of them argued that he was the Kalki avatar who comes in the Kali Yuga period, which is the last cycle. It's the age of uh, darkness and strife. Even though in Hinduism they believe that these recur, but this age of darkness and strife is the age of fitna. And in the, in the Mahabharata, it says the rulers become unreasonable, taxes levied unfairly. They no longer promote spirituality. God will not be discussed. Greed will be everywhere. Animosity will be amongst people. Religion will diminish with each passing day. People will have thoughts of murder with no justification. Lust will be seen as socially acceptable. People will be addicted to intoxicants. Spiritual teachers will abuse their students. People will no longer get married. Earthquakes will be common. The rich will dominate the poor. Sound familiar? Now, this man is one of the most extraordinary uh, people, I think, Prince Muhammad Darashiko. He was the son of Shah Jahan who built the Taj Mahal. This man, he learned Hebrew, he learned Greek, he learned Sanskrit, he knew Arabic and Persian. He wrote some extraordinary books. He wrote one book on all of the Oliya, and then uh, he translated the Bhagavad Gita into Persian. Really, really stunning uh, person, but one of the most amazing books he wrote is called Majma al-Bahrain. When he studied uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, he didn't feel there was Tawheed in them. He thought there was a lot of anthropomorphism and, and then the Trinity and these things. But when he studied the Upanishads, he said, this is pure Tawheed. And so he actually said they have the same teaching that we had. One of the most extraordinary things is he actually said in the verse in the Quran that says, and he knew the Quran very well, he said that, uh, he said that that verse referred to the Upanishads, that, that the Upanishads are the secret book because the Brahman did not teach the Upanishads. They kept it secret and you had to go through great purification rituals to actually be taught the Upanishads. In fact, the, the person that brought them to the world was an Englishman. Um, who became a judge in the uh, 18th century who was living in, in, uh, in India. So he's actually the one that brought them out. But the pundit that taught him made him go through. He had to give up eating meat. He became a vegetarian. He had to do all this ritual purification before he could be taught the Upanishads. So this was the view. But uh, Darshiku, Prince Muhammad, was actually the, the student of the famous Sufi Sheikh Mian Mir, and for people from Pakistan, Myanmar is buried near Lahore. And still to this day, he's venerated by people from Pakistan. Uh, he was a, a, a Qadri sheikh. He was also a faqih, a scholar. Uh, and, and so Dara Shiku took his suluk with him. And then some say also with a student of Mullah Sadra, 
the great metaphysician. So this man is really, really quite extraordinary, but his father built the Taj Mahal based on Mullah Sadra's uh, view of the world. And that's why this is understood to be the most beautiful uh, building in the world. So moving along, Zoroastrianism. Uh, Zordusht uh, is around 600 BC. Some people feel that uh, Zoroastrianism actually precedes him, that he was one of the prophets of Zoroastrianism. Again, if you look at the early texts, they had a belief in one God, Ahura Mazda. Ahriman is more like the devil, but it becomes a dualistic religion. So they have the scripture of the Zen Avesta and the Dasatir al-Asmani. So Allah mentions the, the Magians in the Quran. So it, after the Majus, it's Alladina Ashraku. So the Jews, the Sabi'een, the, 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 the Christians, and the Majus are all mentioned, and then Walladina Ashraku. The Sabi'een, it's very interesting. Some say they're the Sabians. Uh, one of the meanings of that root word is like distant light. And so Dr. Cleary actually thought they were the religions that were very distant from the Arabian Peninsula, the, the Eastern religions. Uh, Allah will distinguish between them. He will decide among them on the day of resurrection. God is witness over all things. But in the Dasatir, Zardush said about God, He is one, not in number. He said, He has none like Him. Neither I can behold Him, nor can the power of thinking conceive Him. And He is above all that you can imagine. And then do not despair of his favors. And then I'm nearer to you than your own self. These are all uh, uh, replicated in the Quran. In fact, some people tried to argue that some of the Quran is taken far, from Zoroastrianism. Like Firdaus, uh, Firdaus in Persian is actually from the Zoroastrian uh, tradition. And so we would see it as, no, the prophet said, I'm not an innovator from the messengers. I'm in a long line of prophets. So Zardush said the angels are countless. The Quran says no one knows the number of angels except God. Regarding heaven, in Ferdaus, they will abide therein forever in a joyful abode. Regarding hell, he said they will live therein forever and will be tortured therein with intense heat and intense cold. وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسَلًا مِنْ قَبْرِكَ مِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَصَصْنَا عَلَيْكَ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ لَمْ نَقْصُصْ عَلَيْكَ We have certainly sent messengers before you. Some of them we told you about, and some of them we have not told you of. So the Qur'an is clearly stating that every people's had messengers. Some of them we, we mentioned in the Qur'an and others we didn't. This is from a, a historian uh, and a, the translator of the Zen Avesta, James Darmister, who said, when Islam assimilated the Zoroastrians to the people of the book, it evinced a rare historical sense and solved the problem of the origin of the Avesta. In other words, they saw the Avesta, Zend Avesta as something from God. And that's why there's some weak traditions about treat them like the people of the book, but don't marry their, their, uh, from them and don't eat their the biha. But the early Muslims really did see Zoroastrianism as being originally something. In Zoroastrianism, uh, it says that the universe was created in six periods of time. Humanity was born of a male and female, Mashiach and Mashiana. Zardush prophesied 
the coming of a prophet, this last person who's called Soshiant, which means Rahmatul Alameen. He's also called the Asbat Erita, the gatherer of all nations. And this is one of the qualities of our Prophet. The Prophet said, Anal Hashir, Yuhshar al Nasu Qadmi. I am the gatherer of the nations. All of humanity will be gathered before my feet. So it's very interesting that Matthew in 2 through 1 through 12 talks about the birth of Christ. And in it, he mentions the Magians. It's the only gospel that mentions them. But they were these wise men from the east who were Magi. They were, in other words, Majus. And the reason that he puts them in there, I believe, is because he knew about their prophecy of this last prophet. And so he put them in there to confirm this. When we move next to Buddhism, Buddhism is a vast tradition. Um, and uh, my, my, my mother practiced Buddhism most of my life. Um, so I actually grew up with a lot of um, just Buddhism uh, in, 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 uh, in my life, even though she was born uh, into Orthodox family, Christian family. Um, and she said her Shahada right before she um, passed away. But she prayed with us for five years while, we lived, while she lived with us. But um, Imam Shaharastani, and I actually wrote, when I read this in Kitab al-Milal wal-Nihal, when I read this, I actually ended up doing a lot of research about this and pretty much became convinced that he was right. So he says in his book, Imam Shaharastani, one of the great Shafi'i scholars and a heresiologist, he says, among their scholars, they do not differ as to the eternity of the cosmos and their belief in karma, as previously mentioned. They emerged in India due to the special qualities of that land and its topography, as well as the fact that among its people are those who ex excel in spiritual exercises and self-mastery. He also said Pythagoras stole all his ideas from India, that he actually went to India and then went back to Greece with all the mathematics and everything, because the, the Indians were the great mathematicians. So it's very interesting. So he says, based on their description of the Buddha, Shakyamuna, he calls him Shakyamuna and Al-Buddha, uh, if they are accurate, it would seem that he is none other than Al-Khidr, whom Muslims acknowledge upon him be peace. Now remember, Buddha had what was called the ilm ladunni. He had enlightenment. It, it, it was not like, a, uh, like the traditional revelation of prophets. And that's exactly what happened to Al-Khidr. Now the interesting thing is Buddha is often the green man. So he's put in uh, green motifs. So they have the jade, green jade Buddhas. And when you read his story, he was a prince who, uh, it, it's, it's so amazingly like, and the Prophet actually told about him sitting on the, uh, under the lot tree, and it's, it's really quite stunning, but Allahu A'ana, we have to say. The Dhammapada is the earliest, it's a Pali uh, um, uh, teaching, uh, possibly a revelation, uh, and it was translated by Thomas Cleary. Thomas Cleary is probably one of the greatest uh, Buddhist scholars of this age. Unfortunately, he passed away um, a few months ago. Allah uh, and uh, he was he taught at Zaytuna, but he has translated over a hundred works uh, in in Buddhism. I mean, really a stunning Buddhist scholar. But he was also a scholar of Islam and a lover of the Prophet and of Imam Ali, particularly uh, enamored of the sayings of Imam Ali, which he translated into English. But 
In the Dhammapada, there is a, a, a passage that said, who is capable of praising one like a coin of finest gold? In other words, impeccable. One whom the knowing praise after finding him impeccable, ma'asum, controlled, intelligent, insightful, ethical, and composed day in and day out. Halim, composed, like never getting upset. Even the gods, the divai, which is not gods like, um, like Alihat, uh, praise such a one. Even the creator. So this is in the, um, the Dhammapada, the, one of the earliest, if not the earliest, Buddhist scripture, uh, saying that the creator praises this one. He wrote, and remember, this is a scholar of one of the greatest scholars of the 20th and 21st century of Buddhism. He wrote, the name of the last prophet, <laughs> of the Abrahamic tradition, who embodied these qualities, Literally means praised one. And then he says, a similar description is given in a hymn of the Torah. So he also predicted the Maitreya, which means the compassionate one or the merciful, right? The Rahim, Bil Mu'minina Rahim. Maitreya is the one who comes at the end. Allahu Alam, if this is uh, uh, the, the final coming, uh, but. Many Muslim scholars saw the Maitreya as being an indication of our prophet. Now we come to the Abrahamic faith, Judaism and Christianity. Now it's very interesting that the, uh, the site that the, the Jewish tradition holds um, dear, we have the site of our prophets Isra uh, and Mi'raj. The Mi'raj comes there. And then this great Hagia Sophia, which is uh, the great church that was built in Turkey and now uh, is a mosque. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, those who follow the messenger, the unlettered prophet or the Gentile prophet. Those the one they find written in the Torah and the Injil, in the, in the Torah, the Tanakh, the Jewish Bible, and in the Gospel, El-Injil, singular, what, what they now call Q, the Gospel of Q, the Quell Gospel, the original source Gospel. Ya'muruhum bil ma'ruf, wa yinhaahum anil munkar, wa yihillu lahum al-tayyibat, wa yuharimu alim al-khaba'ith, wa yadur anhum israhum, wa al-aghlal al-lazi kanat alihim. فَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِهِ وَعَزَّرُوهُ وَنَصَرُوهُ وَاتَّبِعُوا النُّورَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ مَعَهُ أُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ So they follow the unlettered prophet whom they find written in their sources, the Torah and the Gospel. So the Prophet was told to say, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ All of humanity. إِنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ جَمِيعًا I'm a messenger to all of you. الَّذِي لَهُمْ مُلْكُ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّهُ يُحْيِي وَيُمِيدُ فَآمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Believe. It's an act of will to believe in Allah and His Messenger. النَّبِيُّ الْأُمِّي الَّذِي يُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَكَرِمَاتِهِ وَاتَّبِعُوهُ لَعَلَكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ Who believes in God and His words, all of His words, all of the dispensations. Follow Him and you will be guided. So in Genesis, we find... So this means that the Prophet had to have been mentioned in the Torah and the Injil because that's what the Quran says. Now, we have to recognize that the Jewish tradition have their interpretations for these things. And, and 
one of our beliefs is they're entitled to that. The Quran gives each of these religious dispensations their right to either accept this message or to reject it. So we're not passing judgment on anybody other than looking for the evidence that our book tells us is in their books. And so God said to Abraham, as for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. So the covenant, one of the signs of the covenant was that the male men should be circumcised. So you undergo circumcision and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and you for the generations to come. Every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household. So circumcision is one of the five and in a riwayah ten fitra qualities. So circumcision is actually something that all fitra people do. A lot of people don't know this, but tribes all over the world circumcise. If you read... um, uh, Uh, Nelson Mandela's On the Road to Freedom, his autobiography, he tells about his tribe's ritual circumcision that he went through, which is not as a Jew. It was actually something his tribe did as a coming of age uh, for for the young man. So uh, this is something that's done all over the world, male circumcision. They're trying to eliminate it now. But believe it or not, there are countries that actually began to have, that had high AIDS Rates, they began to circumcise the, uh, the, the infant, the male infants, because the, the rates amongst circumcised males is much lower than the rates amongst non-circumcised males. And so circumcision is a fitra thing, but it's also a sign of this covenant. So the Arabs circumcised, even before Islam, because this was from the covenant. So they were part of the covenant. So this is really important to remember. The Arabs are part of the Abrahamic covenant. Then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah, will bear, she was Sarai, and then to her name it was changed to Sarah. Uh, she laughed, and Sarah means to be happy or joyful uh, when she was given the good news of Isaac. So you will bear a son, and you will call him Ishaq, Isaac, and, and I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. So here's the, the bond between uh, that Bani Israel has with God. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you because Abraham made this prayer. Oh God, please uh, bless my son Ishmael because he's his firstborn and he's a legitimate son because even the, the, some of the sons of um, Jacob were from uh, concubines. So a concubine was seen as a source of legitimacy in that tradition. He said, I will surely bless him Ubarikuhu, in, in, in the Arabic translation, it says, Ubarikuhu, I will bless him, and I will make him fruitful. Uthmiruhu, wa uktiru, adadu. He will be the father of 12 rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. How could a nation be great with God if it's not a worshiping nation? How could it be called great with God? How could it be called blessed with God? How, how could Ismail be blessed if he's not uh, worshiping God? So the 12 rulers, the Shia interpret this as, as uh, the, the 12 imams, but uh, traditionally it's seen in, in Genesis. Uh, their actual names are there, and our prophets, uh, one of his ancestors is there. As for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and, I, and, we, and will multiply him greatly, greatly. So this is very interesting. It's repeated twice, and then so... One of the Imam Sipti, who was a, a rabbi who became Muslim in uh, Morocco uh, in the, I think, 9th century, 
he actually said that in the Gamatria, which is something in Kabbalistic tradition, that which means greatly, greatly, that the Gamatria of it equals 92. Now what's interesting is in our tafsirs, they say which is the Hebrew greatly, greatly, is actually so with, we will increase you with and they say that this is actually a name of the Prophet himself. So it equals 92. Now in the Gematria, Muhammad in Hebrew, Mim Chet Mim Dalet, equals 92. So those, those two have the same Gematria. This is something that is mentioned in the Tafsir, so I'm not a numerologist and I don't encourage numerology, but uh, our scholars did delve into this from time to time. It's interesting to note. This is the, what they call milh. You know, it's like salt on the knowledge. So you don't take too much of it. You get sick. Um, then Jacob called for his son. So now Genesis 49.1, this is when Jacob calls his sons together. This is mentioned in the Quran, that when, when Jacob, death was coming to him, he gathers his sons around him, and he tells them what will happen in the, in the latter days. So it's translated as days to come, but it means the latter days. And, and so he looks at each of his sons, and some of them he calls cruel because they threw his brother Joseph into a well. It was Yehuda or Judah who actually said, uh, don't kill him, throw him in the well. So he, because the lineage of Joseph actually will end, he gives the scepter, in other words, the nubuwa and the ruling to uh, Judah. But then he tells them, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff, or in, in the Arabic it says mutasharra, like the, uh, the one who brings the sharia, a new sharia, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. So that's one translation. So this is in, in the Quran. Am kuntum shuhada id hadra Yaqub al mautu id qala li banihi ma ta'budu min ba'di. What are you going to worship after me? Qalu na'budu ilahaka wa ilaha abaika Ibrahim wa Ismail wa Ishaqa ilahan wahidan wa nahnu lahum muslimun. So this is what they say. We will worship your God, the God of your fathers, Abraham, Ishmael, and Isaac. So these are the, the, the covenant is with Ishmael and Isaac. Remember, Isaac was circumcised, so he has the covenant. Then, at the end, after he says this, it says, تِلْكَ أُمَّةٌ قَدْ خَلَتْ لَهَا مَا كَسَبَتْ وَلَكُمْ مَا كَسَبْتُمْ وَلَا تُسْأَلُونَ عَمَّا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ So our belief is the abrogation. We believe that our sharia has abrogated the previous dispensation. This is our belief. But we, we acknowledge the right of peoples to ma maintain their dispensations. But this is our belief. So this is a really important distinction. And this is the beauty of Islam, is it will allow for universal brotherhood and peace amongst people. Because there can be no peace if there's not peace amongst the religions. And it is Islam uniquely, historically, that had multi-faith uh, uh, civilizations that, that, that really, we have our, our horror stories, we have our bad periods, we have our persecution. The Hindus are well aware of that. Uh, Al-Biruni said one of the reasons why so many Hindus hate the Muslims is because so many Muslims mistreated them. So we have to acknowledge these historical wrongs, but it's not from our religion. It's from people not following our religion that these things happen. So, and those who, and who is averse to the religion of Ibrahim? Then it says that right after that, except those who make fools of themselves. 
We chose him in this world and he will be among the perfect in the hereafter. إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ أَسْلِمْ قَالَ أَسْلَمْتِ When his Lord said to him, surrender. He said, I surrender to the Lord of the world. So Abraham enjoined his sons to do so, as did Jacob. They all say this, Oh my sons, God has chosen religion for you. So do not die except you're in submission to God. You're Muslims. Uh, because Islam is, all the previous dispensations are forms of Islam. So in this thing that where he tells him the scepter will not depart from Judah. The Prophet said that I am al-hashar. That all the nations will be gathered at my feet and I am the final. So this, in, in Hebrew, it's called, it says, Ad ki yavo shilo. Shilo, there's a lot of debate about what shilo means. But what Shiloh means, until he whose right it is comes. So Rashi, one of the great uh, uh, commentators uh, from the rabbinical tradition, says that Shiloh is both she, praise, and lo, to him. Praise to him. The praise, until the praised one comes. Ibn Ezra quotes Ankelos, who rendered Shiloh as simply his. In the Arabic translation of the Torah, Shiloh is written Shilun and translated as Alladhi huwa lahu. Shilahu, Shilo, the one to whom it belongs. So what is it that belongs to him? Strong's Concordance says that the word that's used, yakaha, for obey and translated as obey, it's actually translated in the New Test in the King James Version as unto him shall be the gathering of all people. In other words, Yahsharunas ala qadami. So this is in the, the Genesis, the Prophet ﷺ, we believe that this is speak, that Shiloh is our Prophet ﷺ, and that the scepter will go from Judah when Shiloh comes. So the, the, Jesus was from uh, Judah, David was from Judah, all of them, the Abrahamic lineage, they're all from Judah. And so it will go after Jesus, it will go to our Prophet ﷺ. But why does it say, Aladi huwa lahu? What is it that's for him? Well, one of the most amazing hadiths in our tradition from Anas ibn Malik is the hadith of the Shafa'ah. On the day of judgment, it says, The people are like waves going into one another. They're so confused. They go to Adam and they say, Make intercession. Be a Shafi'a. Be a paraclete. Be an advocate. It's not mine, lestu laha. I'm not the Shiloh. What I can alaykum be Ibrahim. They go to Ibrahim, Khalilullah. And he says, lestu laha, it's not mine. Lakin alaykum be Musa. They go to Moses, Kalimullah. Fayu'ta Musa, fayakulu lestu laha, it's not mine. Then they go to Jesus. These are all the, the sons of Judah. They go to Jesus. He said, it's not mine. He's the Ruh of God and His Logos. It's not mine. He prophesies the paraclete, which means the intercessor. And He's the one that tells them to go to Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَأُوتِيَ فَأَقُولُ they come to me, fa'uta, fa'aquru, ana laha. 
الذي هو له أنا لها this is my maqam فأنطلقه فأستأذنه على ربي I take permission فأقوم بين يديه فأحمده اسمه أحمد in the heaven he's called Ahmed al-Shafi' so he praises him بمحامد لا أقدر عليه الآن he's not able to do it now it's given to him through inspiration on that moment ثم أخر له ساجدة I fall into سجدة and it said, it said to me, Ya Muhammad, raise your head. Qul. You say and you will be heard. Ask and you will be given. Intercede. And, and you will be given the intercession. And then he says, Ummati, Ummati. My Ummah. In Deuteronomy 18 uh, through 17 through 22, this is, this is Moses. I will raise up for them a prophet like you, like unto thee, from among their fellow. See, Israelites, it doesn't say Israelites in the, in the original. It's a, it says from amongst their brethren. And I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. It's only revelation revealed to him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name, anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in my name, I will put him to death. That's what the Quran says. If you if you, if you try to say anything that I didn't tell you to say, I'll cut your, your sever your carotid artery. You may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? If a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord and it doesn't happen, then, then it's not a prophet. But if it happens, it's a prophet. Clear and convincing evidence. And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And he said, the Lord came from Sinai. In other words, he revealed uh, to me. And rose up. And the Lord here, it's a motif that's used, meaning revelation comes. Rose up from Seir. In our tradition, this is Jesus. So he, he was given a revelation in Sinai. Waturi sinin. And then he shined forth from Mount Paran. And the, the word in Hebrew, it's like, it's a light. Jebel Nur. Mount Paran. Paran is Faran. Faran, according to Wahhab ibn Munabbih, is between Safa and Marwa, the two places of running back and forth. Faran is also, according to Yaqut al-Hamawi, the great uh, geographer, it is the mountains of Mecca. He also says it's a name of Mecca. So Faran, and then he comes with 10,000 saints. The Prophet, when he entered into Mecca, he entered in with 10,000 saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. He brought the Sharia. Yea, he loved the people. All his saints are in thy hands, and they sat down at thy feet. Everyone shall receive thy words. In Genesis 21, 12 through 17, when, when, when uh, he, Sarah was worried about the boy, this is in the Bible. Do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman, the, the concubine. In, in our tradition, some say that she was a, a wife. I mean, this is a khilaf issue, but I'm quoting the Bible. Listen to what other Sarah says, because it, there was difficulty in the household. Because it was through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave into a nation. Because he is your offspring. In other words, he's part of your covenant. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. 
He set them on her shoulder and sent them off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, he put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And she sat there and began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hajar from heaven. I mean, how can you not say that this woman is not blessed when God's calling and speaking to her from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hajar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying. Ismail, God hears him. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him a great nation. This is Bushra. This is Bushra. I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, Zemzem. She went and filled the skin with the water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer while he was living in the desert of Paran around Mecca. His mother got a wife for him from Egypt. This is al-Maqtisi, the extremity of the hijad at a place called Faran. Faran, an Arabized Hebrew word, one of the names of Mecca, mentioned in the Torah according to Yaqut al-Hamawi. Faran is also said to be the son of one of the kings of the Amaliqa. That's why Mecca was named after him, because the Amalik, who they say was in Sinai. So the, 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 the scholars of the Bible from the other dispensations say, oh, Faran is in Sinai. But we know Hajar and Ismail were in Mecca, so it must be Mecca. So this is, and then the desert of Paran is it also interprets the Hijaz, in old Arabic translation of Sematarian uh, uh, Pentateuch, the Tanakh or the, the the Torah. According to Wahhab ibn Munabbah, Tal Faran, hill of on the outskirts of Mecca, mentioned in the book Kitab Tijan, a pre-Islamic uh, compilation. Uh, so he says that it's the two run, runways, a place where the Jorhum tribe found Hajar and Ishmael. So the, here's Jabal Nur. In, in, this is Faran, the light that comes out of Faran. So Isaiah 42, when uh, they were told that the prophet was in the Torah, they went to Kaab, uh, Kaab uh, Rahbar, who knew the book, the previous books, he knew the Torah, and also Abdullah. Uh, Ibn Amr ibn al-As was asked about this. And he says that it, the, what he quotes from, from that is, is that the Prophet Wasallam was uh, my abd, my servant. And then he says, he quotes this from Isaiah 42, 1 through 25. So just realize that this, our tradition, all of our tafsirs, use this uh, when you look up in any tafsir of the ayah that they find him written in the Torah this is the ver- these are the verses they bring behold my servant Abdi whom I uphold mine elect al-Mukhtar in whom my soul delighteth I have put my spirit upon him he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles in other words he, the Christians say this is Jesus but judgment to the Gentiles the Ummiyin he shall not cry nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the Firaswak. This is this is in our hadith about our Prophet. He, he a bruised reed, in other words, he'll be persecuted, he shall not break. And the smoking flax he shall not he, uh, uh, shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged 
till he has set judgment in the earth and the isles shall wait for his law. The isles is interpreted to be the Mediterranean. These are all the countries that become Muslim. Remember, Spain was Muslim. Uh, Sicily and lower Italy was Muslim. Greece uh, was ruled by the Muslims. Turkey was Muslim. Cyprus was Muslim. Lebanon was Muslim. Palestine was Muslim. Uh, Egypt became Muslim. Libya, Algeria, Morocco. These are, that's how they interpret it. They interpret it as the Mediterranean. So they are waiting for his law. Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and the earth, stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it. He, will give, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk in. The Lord have, ca have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. So this is, this is the Shiloh. This is the one who takes the, 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 the light of the Jewish prophets and brings it to the Gentiles to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass and new things do I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So new things, it's a new Sharia. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof, let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice. The villages of Kedar doth inhabit. Let the inhabitants of the rock sing. Let them shout for joy from the tops of the mountains. So in uh, one of the Bible commentaries, what is Kedar? Let the, the, the cities of Kedar rejoice. It's the Arabian desert. The mountains, namely of Paran, Mecca, let Mecca rejoice. The wilderness, those parts of the world which are now like a wilderness, not literally, for he speaks of their seas. This is in Matthew Poole's commentary. Kadar, the Arabians, let the Arabians rejoice. Let the Arabians rejoice. Why are they rejoicing? Because this prophet who's going to come, this was the, the kingdom of uh, the Kadarites in Arabia. Let them give glory unto the Lord and declare his praise in the islands. The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. In other words, this revelation, he shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. So people may envy him. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. This is all the problem. This is not, Jesus did not prevail against his enemies unless you interpret it like Christians do figuratively. But this is saying he was a man of war and he prevailed against his enemies. Jesus was not a man of war. He was a man of peace. I have long, they, the Christians say this is uh, Jesus, but I don't see it there. Unless you say, well, I've, I haven't come to bring peace, but to bring war. But it's a spiritual warfare that Christ was talking about. I have long time holding my peace. I've been still and refrain myself. Now I will cry like a travailing woman. I will destroy and devour one. I will, lay with, I will bring the blind by way that they knew not. I will lead them in the paths that they have not known, the Arabs. I will make darkness light before them. To take them out of darkness into light. And the crooked things make straight. Istiqama, sirat al-mustaqim. They were on sirat mu'waj. They were on a crooked path. He made it straight for them. And then they shall be turned back from their idolatry. They shall be greatly ashamed that they trusted in idols. And they, that they said to the idol images, you are our gods. Jesus came to monotheists. He didn't come to 
When he came, they were already believing in one God. But here it says that this man will turn them back from their idolatry. Hear ye deaf and look ye blind that ye may see. Who is blind but my servant? Like, are you going to call my servant blind? Like all these people that deny our prophet, Salaam, or deaf as my messenger that I sent my messengers deaf? Who is blind as he that is perfect? Al-insan al-kamil. And blind is the Lord's servant? Could, could the Lord's servant be blind? Seeing many things, but thou observest not. They have eyes, but they don't see with them. Opening the ears, but they hear not. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. Who among you will hearken? So now, in Genesis 21, uh, 21, 1 to 3. Now the Lord has said to Abram, that was his name, Avram, before it was Ibrahim or Abraham. We also call him Abraham in one of the seven qiraat. He's Abraham. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. Which is the great nation? And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. And curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So then... He says he's going to make a great nation and then he's going to bless those who bless you. So I called one of the leading uh, uh, evangelical ministers in the United States. And I said to him, Minister, have you ever blessed Abraham? I'm just curious. And he said, I can't, I can't say that I have. And I said, well, doesn't Genesis 12 say that God will bless those that bless Abraham? And he said, that's true, maybe I should start doing it. And then I called uh, uh, one of the major rabbis who, who I know, and I asked him, do you have a prayer that blesses Abraham? He said, I can't recall one, but there's probably one somewhere in the Talmud. So my question is, who is that blessed nation that blesses Abraham? Every single day, 17 times a day, we say, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. We call it Salat al-Ibrahimiyah. It's the Abraham. We don't call it Salat al-Muhammadiyah. It's amazing. Now, in terms of the Christian... Uh, mentioning of our prophet. John 14, 15 through 16. This is Ibn Ishaq and Ibn Hisham both mention this. This is the verse that they give and they say that in Surah As-Saf when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Jesus said that he's going to give good news of a prophet. Yati min ba'di ismuhu Ahmad. That he says this. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. So in the Greek, kego, uh, eroteso, ton paterakai alon parakleton. So my, my uh, New Testament Greek's rusty, but uh, it clearly says, kai alon parakleton. Alon means another helper. The Christians interpret this as the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. 
But John says that Christ will baptize with the Holy Spirit. The Quran says the Holy Spirit was with Christ. This has another parakleton. Philo says that parakleton is, is an intercessor or an advocate. The name of our Prophet, according to Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, his most prominent names, Muhammad, Ahmed, Shafi', Shafi'. Shafi' is literally parakleton. That's what it means. It means the intercessor. And this is why Jesus on the day of judgment is the one that says he's the one that knows who the intercessor is. The other prophets don't meant they say go to the next prophet. So they have to go through all the prophets. But then when they get to Jesus, he says, go to the intercessor. I'm not the paraclete. It's he's coming after me. Paraclete, advocate, shafia. There it is. It's in Hans Ver. Shafia, intercessor, advocate. That's our prophet. And he's also called Ahmadu Shafia. Ahmad is the name that goes with Shafi' because his name on the Day of Judgment is Ahmad. That's who he's called on the Day of Judgment. Muhammad is his earthly name. Ahmad is his name on the Day of Judgment. And then also when the advocate comes, who will I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who come? He will testify about me. So the Prophet told us to believe in Jesus. So we believe in Jesus because he told us about him. In Luke... It says that the Holy Ghost descended already in the shape of a dove. And a voice came from heaven and said, Thou art my beloved son. We don't have a problem with that when you look at David was called a son of God. Uh, in the Old Testament, other uh, Jewish prophets were called sons of God. Uh, all, the Prophet said, All of you are children of God. So he's his beloved son. In the I'm well pleased. I mean, that sounds like somebody who's over to somebody who's under. Mm. And then Allah says, We supported him with the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit. The Prophet ﷺ, when Hassan ibn Muthabit was saying his poetry, the Prophet said, Allahumma ayyidhu bi ruh al-Qudus. Oh Allah, give him support from the Holy Spirit. So we believe in the Holy Spirit. We just don't believe it's part of God. And then he says, uh, John says that I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now here's the most interesting one of all of them to me. When they came to John the Baptist, the Jews asked if he was the Messiah. He said, I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the Christ. And then they said, are you Elias or Elijah? Because the Jews believe that Elijah comes uh, and explains everything. And he said, I'm not... Elijah. And then they said, are you the prophet? Oh, prophetas. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So there's the Messiah, there's Elias, but then there's the prophet. So who's the prophet? Well, if we look it up in the dictionary, this is Merriam-Webster. Definition of prophet, one who utters divinely inspired revelations such as, often capitalized, the writer of one of the prophetic books, B, capitalized, one regarded by a group of followers as the final authoritative revealer of God's will, Muhammad, the prophet of Allah. I and mean, it's very interesting that it's right there in the dictionary. If somebody wants to look up the prophet, um, are you the prophet? So, I mean, that, again, it's just uh, salt. <laughs> it's just interesting. I, mean, I find that fascinating. That's there. 
And then Jesus said to the, the Jewish people, the stone builders rejected the stone. The Lord has done this. It's marvelous in our heart. Therefore, I tell you, that the kingdom of God will, will be taken away from you and be given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. And when the chief priests and Pharisees heard Jesus' parable, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the prophet held that he... The people held that he was a prophet. So he's talking about the cornerstone. They rejected the cornerstone. Now, obviously, that could refer to their rejection of Christ. But it's very interesting that the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith in al-Bukhari, that the likeness of me and the previous prophets before you is the likeness of a man who built a beautiful house. All these religions are beautiful. They're all beautiful. And there was only one cornerstone missing. And the people walked around. They're amazed at this amazing house of all these truths that came to humanity. If only the cornerstone was there, then the Prophet said, I'm the cornerstone. Mm. The Prophet said, I am the seal of the messengers. This was done when Adam was between water and earth. Let me tell you how this begins. Da'wah to Abi Ibrahim. This is began with the call, the prayer of my father Abraham. One he prayed to, uh, to God that Ishmael would be blessed and made into a great nation. And then he also said, and bring them a messenger from themselves, from the Arabs. And the good news of Jesus. And the vision of my mother. She saw a vision when she, when she gave birth to me. This is the day that she gave birth to him. She saw a vision. This light came out of her. This hadith struck me as so strange that it said... Because of that light from her, the palaces of the Levant, of Sham, Palestine, Syria, Jordan, and Lebanon, will give light. And I just, I thought that was just, what does that mean? Qusuru Sham. And then it, it just, this purely happened serendipitously. I opened a book when I was thinking about this, and this is what I opened to. Michael the Elder, Jacobite Patriarch of Antioch, writing in the latter half of the 12th century, could approve the decision of his co-religionists and see the hand of God, the finger of God, in the Arab conquest, even after the Eastern churches had experienced of five centuries of Mohammedan rule. This was written by a Christian. After recounting the, the prosecutions of Heraclius, he writes, so this is from Michael the Elder, the Jacobite Patriarch. 
This is why God, the God of vengeance, who alone is all-powerful and changes the empire of mortals as he will. You give dominion to whom you please. Giving it to whomsoever he will and uplifting the humble, beholding the wickedness of the Romans, the Byzantines, the Christians, who throughout their dominions cruelly plundered our churches and our monasteries and condemned us without pity. These were Orthodox Christians, what they were doing to the minority Christians of the Levant, brought from the region of the south the sons of Ishmael to deliver us through them from the hands of the Romans. And if in truth we have suffered some loss because the Catholic churches that had been taken away from us and given to the Chalcedonians remained in their possession, for when the city is submitted to the Arabs, they assigned to each domination the churches which they found it to be in possession of. So they restored the stolen property to the churches. They didn't take them as mosques. This is, a, this is a Christian testifying. And at that time, the great church of Emesa and that of Haran had been taken away from us. Nevertheless, it was no slight advantage for us to be delivered from the cruelty of the Romans, their wickedness, their wrath, and cruel zeal against us, and to find ourselves at peace. The palace, the rulers of Syria, because of the light of Muhammad, restored justice to these poor persecuted Christians. In conclusion, I really want to emphasize that we have to respect just all of these amazing religions. Because our prophets allies them. He came to teach us tolerance and respect. In Al-Bukhari, when the Jewish man, and they were, they were at, at odds at that time, when the Jewish man was being led to the graveyard, and the prophet saw it, he stood up. And they said to him, it's a Jew, O messenger of God. And he said, Awalitsa nafsa? Isn't it a soul? Going back to its Lord? This place is confusing, and all of these religions have given this incredible solace to people. And even though we believe our religion is a final religion, that it abrogates. This is our conviction. But we also recognize that not everybody sees the clear and convincing proof that you or I might see. And so we have to respect people where they're at. We have to wish good for them. The Jewish people are, are children of prophets. Do you think their fathers would like to see them astray? They have an incredible religion. They have an amazing tradition. The Hindus have an amazing religion. They have an amazing tradition. It fulfills their intellectuals. The Buddhists have an incredible religion. They're all amazing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ بِالْحَقِّ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ We have reviewed you this book that says the previous books were, were also true. 
and as a guardian for those previous dispensations. So judge with what God has given you and don't follow their ways. From what God has given you from the truth. Each we have given a sharia and a minhaj. A, 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 a law and a way. And had God wanted, He would have made you all one nation. But to test each of you in what, in what He has given you. So vie with one another in virtue. It's amazing. No other book that I know of has this teaching. Be virtuous. Compete in virtue. Don't Don't even curse idols of the idol worshippers. And if I've ever done that, may Allah forgive me. Don't ever curse idols of the idol worshippers. And then Allah says, We have made every community appear what they're doing to be good. Allah says that. And he intended for all these peoples to be on this earth. And we have to live together. So, We have good news, O people of submission of Islam. We have the providence. We have a rukan, a pillar that can never be destroyed. When our Lord called our caller to his obedience, by calling him Akram al-Rusul, we became this dignified nation amongst the nations only if we follow what he taught us. If we don't, kuntum khaira ummatin ukhjit here's the conditions to be the best ummah. You enjoin good, you forbid vice, you believe in God. And had the other dispensations believed, it would have been better for them. Minhum al-mu'minun, amongst them are believers. It sounds like the human condition. Among them are believers, but many of them are fasiqun, are ummas like that now too. So, if you love God, follow me. God will love you. He will forgive you your sins. He is the forgiving, the merciful. One of the things that people don't know is that in the tomb of our beloved, over it, it says, قُلْ this is written in calligraphy. And whoever put this, it's amazing that they put this ayah. Qul, kullun ya'malu ala shakirti. Each of you will act according to your way. Farabbukum a'lamu biman huwa ahda sabira. And your Lord knows who is the most guided. And that, if you look in the commentaries, they say, these other religions are following their shakila. We have our shakila. Let's leave it, defer it to the day of judgment when Allah says he will clarify about that which you were differing. Let's rejoice in our Prophet wasallam. Rejoice in all of these other amazing uh, traditions. Respect them and, 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 and treat them genuinely with respect, with care, with concern. This is our way. This is the way of our Prophet. He cared about humanity. All of humanity. Kuntum khaira ummatin ukhrijat linnas. You were brought forth for all of humanity. We shouldn't be selfish. 
We should be like our Prophet ﷺ. He had no selfishness in him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Barakallahu fikum. Uh, we've been blessed with Zaytuna College. Alhamdulillah. This is your college. We're building it for the Muslims. All of us are transitioning through. I'm the age that, uh, that the Prophet ﷺ left this world. Uh, the Prophet said, "Amara ummati ma bayna sittin wa sabiin." I know that I'm not going to be around here uh, for much longer. This is the Sunnah of God. Kulu nafsin mot. But we're building it so that others don't have to build it after us. So help us build a really strong institution. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ said, "12,000 Muslims will not be defeated for lack of numbers." So we're hoping to get to 12,000. We've got close, moving towards 3,000 now. Uh, we have 70 full-time students. We have a beautiful faculty. We have a beautiful campus. Um, we're back on site. Uh, amazing things are being done. We, uh, all the women now are niqabis. Alhamdulillah. State-of-the-art studio. So this is really exciting. We're, we're literally building a, an incredible studio. Uh, so we're going to be doing really, really uh, broadcast quality things. We also have a permaculture uh, program sustainable garden for the community to actually grow our own food, teach people how to grow food. Um, the Victory Garden, uh, we're gonna, people are going to need to know how to grow food. Um, we have bees. We just got our first batch of honey. Um, we're hoping to get more, so eventually we're going to be selling zaytuna honey, inshallah. Uh, beautiful uh, salads and fruits that we're eating from. This is the de gratis from God. This is the beauty of the earth. God, if you, if you do the effort, plant the seeds, God gives you this both spiritually and materially. You have to plant the seeds, you have to water them and harvest them, and you get the rewards of it. We're, we're hoping to start this book club soon. Read and rise, Iqra Warqa, the Hadith 12,000 Strong Book Club. We're going to begin with how to read a book. And so, inshallah, you'll all say count me in uh, to help us. We're really helping, hoping for this. And I want to thank... You know, we, we, I, was in, uh, I was visiting Sheikh Abdullah bin Bayya, who wrote a beautiful poem, inshallah, I'll do that um, another time because I haven't gotten it into the English that I'm happy with, but he wrote a beautiful poem for the Mawlid, um, and, uh, but it was amazing uh, to be with him. So I, the time uh, needed to do this uh, thing that Sidi uh, Ismail Nas stayed up all night last night helping me, and uh, Dr. Asad Tarsin. Uh, between treating patients uh, also uh, was helping this. And I also want to thank uh, Dr. Ali Atai, who uh, really should have given this talk because he's a much greater scholar of this material than I am. But um, uh, he, he also uh, helped me with some of the Hebrew. Um, but uh, I just, alhamdulillah, it's, uh, it's a very beautiful thing to just be a Muslim and to love our Prophet and to know about him and, and uh, you know, we hope that our ummah wakes up and just starts behaving uh, closer to the behavior of our Prophet He was the mercy to all the worlds, to animals, to the environment. Uh, there was a rock in Mecca that he said every time he passed by, it said, Salam alaikum to him. And he said, I know where it is right now. Uh, even the rocks loved our Prophet. People can laugh at these things, that's fine. Uh, the, it says that the, those who disbelieve that the, they'll mock, scoff and mock at those who believe. Jesus said, you know, the people of the world are going to hate you because you're not of the world. So it's part of being a believer is that you just have to deal with the fact that people aren't, gonna, you know, they're going to think it's ridiculous, but I don't know. It seems 
pretty powerful that all these prophets came. They gave the same message. You're going to be accountable. You're going to be raised up on the day of judgment. Uh, it's all over the world. It's all over the world. And uh, as uh, I'll conclude with um, uh, just one of my favorite poems, the world is not conclusion. A species stands beyond. Invisible is music, but positive as sound. It beckles and it beckons and it baffles. Philosophy don't know, and through a riddle at the last, sagacity must go. To guess it puzzles scholars, to gain it men have borne, contempt of generations and crucifixion shown. Faith slips and laughs and rallies, blushes if any see, plucks at a twig of evidence and asks a vain the way. Much gesture from the pulpit's strong hallelujahs roll. Narcotics cannot still the tooth that nibbles at, this, at the soul. There's a beautiful poem about just belief that we're always going to have that, uh, that thing nibbling at our soul until we, until we have faith and belief and understanding. And uh, many people will pluck at twigs of evidence. Maybe even some people will say, that's what I'm doing here. I don't feel like it. But... We should be humble and, and just recognize that Allah is telling us, wait till the day of judgment. I'm going to explain all these differences. So alhamdulillah that we're of this ummah. We were once amazing. The whole world wanted to be like us. Even the Europeans wanted to be like us. The Indians, they wear turbans because they saw our turbans. The Chinese were amazed by us. The whole world was amazed by the Muslims. But we've fallen on hard times. But despite that, the Prophet ﷺ, when he was in the Khandaq, and the Munafiqun said, he's talking about the palaces of Persia, because when, he, when they struck the rock, he saw the palaces of Syria and Persia given to him. And they were in the Khandaq, about to be annihilated by 30,000 of, of the Quraysh and their allies. And they said, he's talking about the palaces of Syria. And, so we're in the Khandaq right now, so we should just recognize that this is the ups and downs of dunya. If it was all good, everybody would want to be a Muslim. So, but alhamdulillah, we grow and people come and people embrace this faith despite ourselves very often, despite the Muslims. So, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless all of you on this blessed day. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad tibr qulubi wa dawa'iha wa afiyat rabdani wa shifa'iha wa nurur absari wa diya'iha wa qutar arwahi wa ghidha'iha wa ala ali wa sahbihi wa salam taslima subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salam ala muslim wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. Salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa ala. Alhamdulillah, I want to thank everybody who um, joined us tonight for participating in this celebration of our Prophet sallallahu as we close out the uh, month of Rabi' al-Awwal, the month that he was born in sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And there were, there were a, a few questions uh, that were sent, so I wanted to answer couple of these questions inshallah one of them in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to follow the religion of Abraham who was neither Jew nor Christian what was his religion and how is it connected to the 
to the Prophet Muhammad's and the other Prophet's religion. So all of the Prophets are Muslims. Islam is the religion Al-Islam, that the religion with God is Al-Islam. So every religion that came, came as a form of Islam. And so uh, on the one hand, it's a state of being, which means submitted to God. Uh, but on the other hand, it, 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 it's, a, it's a sharia of the time and the place. So the tawheed is always the same. The basic truths of the religion are always the same. But the, the sharia differ, the, the, uh, the shara and the minhaj, the, the, the actual sharia or the law that's given, and then the, uh, the minhaj of the people, the way that they're meant to follow that law. So Ibrahim alayhi salam kana Ibrahimu Yahudiyan wa Nasraniyan walakin kana Hanifa Muslima wa ma kana min al-mushrikin so this verse in uh, in Ali Imran says that Abraham was not a Jew nor yet a Christian but he was true in faith Hanif so the Hanif is the one uh, that is uh, on this uh, submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's why the Hunafa there were people like Qus ibn Sa'ida was somebody that the Prophet ﷺ said would be raised up uh, an ummah. Uh, he died before the Prophet ﷺ could deliver the message to him. But Qus ibn Sa'ida, who some say is the first person to ever say Amma Ba'd in Arabic, he was uh, from the Iyadi tribe, Banu Iyad, and he used to give uh, khutbah sermons at the Suq Uqal. And the Prophet actually ﷺ saw him give a sermon. So Qus ibn Sa'idah was a Hanif. Um, also the Prophet Sallallahu cousin uh, Waraqa who Khadijah took him to and told him this is the, the Namus which is meaning Nomos, the Greek Nomos, the law. This is the Namus, this is the Wahi that's come. Uh, so he was also uh, a Hanif. So there were these Hunafa that were on the peninsula and they, they followed the way of Ibrahim, the Milla Ibrahimiya. So that's the, the, the Prophet said, I was sent with this Hanifi way, this tolerant, uh, generous uh, Hanif way. And, and it's called Al-Islam, the religion of, of submission to God. And so we believe that our Prophet abrogated the previous dispensations, but they were forms of Islam. The, 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 their enemies tended to call them by these names like Christianity the original Christians were called Nazarenes they were people from uh, Nasara so in the Quran they're called Nasara uh, the, the, Ju- Judaism is from Judah so the founder uh, is not Judah he was the son of Jacob he's one of the 12 sons he was a brother of Joseph and he was given uh, the scepter because Joseph did not have uh, his children didn't uh, live he, so he, the, they, the line passed through Judah from Jacob to Judah so Isaac and then Jacob and then Judah and then on but the religion of uh, Jacob is the religion of Isaac which is the religion of Abraham which is Islam Al-Islam and so all of the previous uh, true world religions the ones we know and the ones we don't know and Many of our scholars did think that these previous dispensations were uh, true religions, and I and I think there's uh, compelling evidence to make that case. But if the Quran doesn't mention them, we can't uh, make it an article of faith. But nonetheless, we have to respect them and honor them. So 
that's the way of our, our Prophet ﷺ, is the way of Abraham and, and this, uh, this Hanif religion. Did the pagan Arabs know and expect that the final prophet was coming? Some of them did because the Jewish community was in Yathrib. So they actually were expecting a prophet, uh, the one that's mentioned as, as that prophet, uh, O Prophetus in, in, in the New Testament, that prophet. When they asked John the Baptist, are you the Messiah? He said, no. Are you Elijah? He said, no. And then he said, are you that prophet? So they were waiting for this uh, prophet to come. So there were Jews in Medina, and it was at the time called Yathrib, and they were expecting the Prophet ﷺ to come, uh, but they did not think he would be an Arab. So when he came, uh, some of them accepted him, but the majority rejected him because the rabbis uh, couldn't accept that it was from um, the Arabs. But this is the promise that Ismail would be made into a great nation. And then somebody asked also, how can we use the predictions of the Prophet ﷺ in other religious scriptures to improve how we relate to the people of those faiths? Well, I think the most important thing is that we, we, we see that these faiths are, are beautiful faiths that sh- should definitely not be denigrated by Muslims, that they, they, they should be uh, respected by Muslims. And I think if Muslims were more respectful to other faiths, I think people would be more respectful to our faith. There's always going to be fanatics in every religion, unfortunately. This is just the nature of human beings. But the vast majority of Muslims historically uh, understood this, that we don't denigrate other people's faiths. The Quran clearly says not to even denigrate the idols of the people, even though we don't believe in idols and, and we would not want to see the prolifer- pro- proliferation of idols in the world. Nonetheless, people have a right I was just with a, a professor from Malaysia and he was talking about how the Hindus and the Buddhists live in Malaysia and they're, they're respected and treated well in Malaysia. They don't, people will go and they'll say, why is there a Hindu temple in Malaysia? Well, because that's our religion. It's, it's a tolerant religion. It's a Hanafiyat samha. It's a tolerant religion. I mean, obviously, the Prophet ﷺ purified the Arabian Peninsula of idols and there shouldn't be idols on them. But the majority of scholars, they differ on what the actual peninsula is. Most actually say it's the Hijaz itself. It's Tihama and Mecca and Medina and that whole area. The other parts of the peninsula, uh, there's difference of opinion about that. Um, but we, we should uh, nonetheless just respect the governments that we live under. This is part of our tradition and our religion. In America, we, we have the luxury of being able to uh, criticize our government. In some places, that luxury is not afforded for whatever reasons, uh, sometimes oppressive, sometimes to maintain public order. But nonetheless, we're told to respect uh, the people in authority uh, unless they uh, compel us to do something that's haram. And then just, uh, I think, finally, uh, there's ample opportunity to uh, share our religion with others. I think it would be um, unhelpful to be antagonistic with people or to try to beat them in some kind of debate or prove that we're the right religion. I think sharing the religion with others is is a, a much uh, healthier way, not so much trying to point out the flaws in their books um, because then they'll try to find things in our books. Uh, and you can find many things in the Islamic uh, tradition that are problematic. Not, I wouldn't say in the Quran or in, in the sound hadith and things like that, but there are uh, problems in the tradition. 
and people will focus on those things. If you take Ibn Ishaq, the seerah of Ibn Ishaq, there are many, many problems with the seerah of Ibn Ishaq, but he was not a muhaddith. He was collecting all the stories. And so there's stories that are clearly fabricated. There's stories that are completely incongruous with the nature of the Prophet ﷺ that we know. But people use those stories and they'll point out, oh, you know, they poked out the eyes of these people and things like that. And we know the Prophet ﷺ did not torture people. Uh, and he prohibited uh, torture. So that's, but those stories, you will find them in, in, uh, in our tradition and people try to pull them out and extrapolate them and say, oh, this is Islam. It's not Islam. So that's very important. Um, I wanted uh, to, two things uh, to conclude. Um, one was I, I spoke with uh, my teacher, Sheikh Abdullah bin Bayya, uh, earlier today and he wanted me to share this with people. And I've mentioned it before because I first heard it from him. But, um, in these latter days that we're in, and I think all of us can understand the meaning of that, nobody knows the hour except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, even the Prophet ﷺ deferred it to God when Jibreel asked him, when, when is the hour? So, uh, but in, in our tradition, uh, Imam, there's something called Balagatu Malik, Imam Malik related certain things without isnad, but he only took from thiqa. So Imam Malik is noted for only taking from people that he absolutely trusted. So there are certain things that are related that, that have what's called hukum al-rafa' in, in the mustarahat of the hadith. It means that they have the, the legal judgment of being from the Prophet ﷺ, even though the Senate has some kind of inqita'. Uh, there's some kind of um, break in the chain. So Imam Malik relates that... Um, من عرمات قرب الساعة اشتداد حر الأرض. So he said one of the signs of the end of time or the latter days or the nearing of the last hour is that uh, the the globe warms up. So uh, and in another riwayah which Ibn Kathir relates in his tafsir. Imam Malik radiyallahu said, I heard, سَمِعْتُ أَنَّ السَّعَى إِذَا دَنَتْ اشْتَدَّ الْبَلَاءُ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَاشْتَدَّ حَرُّ الشَّمْسِ That when the hour is drawing near, grave tribulations will afflict humanity and the, and, and the, the heat uh, of the sun will increase. So, uh, you know, we have to understand that whatever time Allah chooses to put us in, we have to uh, embrace it. Uh, we hope that we're not the last people that the Prophet ﷺ said, how will you be when you're amongst the leftovers of humanity? May Allah not make us from Huthala, from the leftovers. After the banquet's over, there's always leftovers that, that the beggars come to eat. So he, as people, as, as we near this um, closing of the human project, uh, we have to understand that um, things will get difficult. And one of the reasons why the Prophet ﷺ left us with all this wisdom, one of the reasons why all the Prophets mentioned our Prophet is so that our faith would be maintained. So we all have to just hold strong, recognize that we have a providential Lord and he will always make a way out for the people of taqwa. If we adhere to taqwa, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَمِيَ like he will always give you an exit strategy. He will always give you a way out of whatever difficulties you find yourselves in. So there's a lot of tribulation, a lot of difficulties, many families going through really difficult times. I had a call from a lady 
the other day who was so distraught about a situation she was in. I, I just felt a lot of compassion for her because she was dealing with one of these issues that many people are dealing with uh, in, in these trying times. So you have to stay strong. You have a, uh, a pillar uh, in the Prophet that is uh, it will never be destroyed as long as you cling to the Sunnah of our Prophet and then God is always there. God is always there. And his door is always open to the one who knocks. It will be opened. So, so it's just important to maintain that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just call on your Lord because Allah is real. The, these things are all real. Uh, the Prophet used to say all these things. They're real. Allah is real. Allah is there. And, and then I also would request du'as for any sick Muslims. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them healing. I had my dear brother, uh, Dr. Tayyib uh, Rana, just went through a really, really difficult um, surgery, but it was amazing, uh, the facilitation that the doctors had, um, and may Allah give him a complete healing. I hope everybody says, Ameen. Um, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless his family. He's one of the people that really support the Muslims, and he's done so much good, and he's a surgeon himself. So he's done just countless giving people back their eyes. Uh, through his uh, uh, ophthalmology and and uh, but dear brothers may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just increase him we have many brothers and sisters around the world that are going through really grave tribulations our refugee crises may Allah make it easy for all of them our prophet sallallahu cared about people he he chose to live as a poor person uh, in order to console the poverty in his ummah that he knew would be in his ummah he chose to live that way he lived like a a, a poor person and and uh, and he was the richest of men in every way. He was the richest of men, and he he could, if he wanted, he would have had mountains of gold. But the gold he chose was the gold of of uh, of the knowledge of God and of revelation and all of these things uh, that uh, are are uh, are the the birthrights of every human being that accepts their Lord. Uh, then they will get all of these gifts that come with the prophetic teachings that our prophets left us and our beloved prophet Muhammad. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, inshallah increase all of you, elevate you. I want to again thank the, the supporters of Zaytuna College. I want to thank especially my brother uh, Sidi Harun Sellers. Uh, he was up late last night and early in the morning uh, preparing this again, doing the editing and things. And also uh, Sidi Ismail Nas, uh, another just just really, really tireless uh, worker uh, for the sake of Allah and His Messenger. May Allah bless them and Naeem Bayya and all the people at Zaytuna that have helped uh, do the work that we're doing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase all of you, elevate you, uh, elevate this beautiful religion. May we restore ihsan to this religion. May we restore the beauty of Islam that others might see the light that shines forth. And may may the mountains of, uh, of Faran uh, rejoice until the end of time, until they're obliterated with all the mountains of the dunya. May they rejoice in, in, the, in the fact that the beloved walked amongst their byways and pathways, inshallah. And may the Darb al-Anbiya that Sheikh Abdullah al-Qadi uh, showed to all of us through his incredible work on the seerah, may Darb al-Anbiya be restored, that beautiful path that all the prophets took to visit Mecca, Every prophet set out from Mecca, uh, either physically or in some other way, but they all visited Mecca. So alhamdulillah. And many of the, the prophets uh, rode the, the buraq, uh, but uh, none 
wrote it like our Prophet وسلم. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah make us people of Sunnah, of the Quran, and of, of uh, the, the beauty of this faith. Ameen. Jazakumullah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.